On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. G'day everyone and welcome to the Four Diego's here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. The Four Diego's with you, Rodrigo Rodriguez here tonight. Hey, and thanks to Brett Thomas on a fantastic show. Uh, good to see Brett in the studio. Vinny Venezuela, welcome. Good evening, uh, Rodrigo, and not to be provocative, but uh, good evening, Melbourne. Oh. <laughs> see what I did there? I saw what you did there. <laughs> That could be a, a name for a new club, Vinny Venezuela. Yep. What about you, Warren? Welcome to you. Yeah, good to be here. And um, it's just the swings and roundabouts of world football. I experienced it in seven days quite neatly. But I will say, as we refer to Liverpool, that because I haven't got Optus still and refuse to get Optus. <laughs> no, I do. I refuse to get it. Why? It's not their fault. Well, they pay more. What do you do when you're watching a television for an audio broadcast and they lose? But I'm not going to go on too much and we've got to introduce somebody else. Actually, he's, he's back on a Wednesday, first time in a while, so it's good to see him. G'day, Carlos. Uh, there's an introduction for Hello, you. Rodrigo. Um, it's good to be here. And uh, I noticed that Warren's doing a total disrespect to a Brazilian shirt on tonight. <laughs> C- <laughs> CBF. <laughs> Actually, I'll take a photo and put it on Twitter and just show how he completely destroys the whole myth of the beautiful football when he wears this shirt that's just... Can I say about this just shirt? Doing, it does not suit you. It doesn't fit well. Yep. And actually... You should be put in jail, <laughs> in a Brazilian jail, Jeez. for wearing that and disgracing it the way yeah, you are that's right now. a bit now. hard line there, Well, Carl. I actually purchased that on one of the um, alone shopping trips I had when we last <laughs> went to the World Cup, like where it. you guys were floating around, Copacabana, Ipanema, yeah. oh, I Christ thought, the Redeemer. I thought you'd have a crack at what I'm wearing tonight. I'm no, wearing no, that's a retro, a retro, retro Juventus, Juventus sh- shirt. 1950, and I got this in Brazil you. also. <laughs> Because I was with you. Yes, in one of those little backyard places no, for about five you. Australian dollars. And I saw it tonight. I think I'm going to wear it tonight. <laughs> nice, Carlos. And so we'll I take, actually, we'll take a photo and send it out I'm wearing this out of respect. Yeah. And speaking of shirts, uh, Matty, our former producer. No, not former. Don't say that. <laughs> he'll be back. Won't oh, he might, he'll be back. He'll but be he, back. He, he gave us a beautiful uh, Munchen Gladback um, yes. strip with four Diego's. We, we, we posted that on, on the Twitter last week. But um, So they became our new team. Mm. But they got pumped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not happy. <laughs> hey, we've got a big show for you tonight. We'll catch up with Mike McGrath a little bit later on. Lots to talk about. Hey, send us a text message tonight on 0433981116. Or if there's any issue that you want to talk to the Diego's about, give us a call. Plenty Nine, of hot topics tonight. That's absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Let's get into let's get into the hot topics. It's uh, ten past eleven. Dragged, bagged, slagged, lost your rag, absolutely shagged, you've not had a happy game? Let's take an early shower with Rodrigo Rodriguez. It's always good to take an early shower, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Q&A, and we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to actually have a bit more of an upbeat <laughs> intro to your... Because we, we're just all fired up, and suddenly we just brought get brought right down to the ground with that intro. I just like it. Yeah, Carlos. I think Disco Inferno, we've got to get that back oh, in. Wanna, let let wanna... me work on something. All right. Um... <laughs> me, and Warren, me and Warren will get into the... Uh, pro- yeah. That's it. There you go. And you can sort of do a little bit of disco here, a bit of Soul Train stuff. Yeah. 
Carlos uh, Jr. on the panel yeah, there, uh, you know, uh, helping out the Diego's. Yeah. Hey, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on, and uh, the weekend was awash with a lot of stuff that went on. And <laughs> <laughs> Indeed it was. It was. Jade North. Mm. Now, I want to talk about this right off the top, because uh, he obviously wasn't cited. We're talking about his... Um, Rather, yeah. uh, there were the actors. The actors oh, are not, uh, tonight. They were the awards for the film industry. Yeah, he yeah. he actually was a nomination tonight. <laughs> um, but Jade North, after the little tap from uh, Bruno Fornaroli, yeah. fell down. Nothing to answer, says the FFA. Um, he's all right. No, no suspension. What do you think about that, Rivaldo North? <laughs> Rivaldo Jeez. North. Yeah. It's un- he should have been fine. Something should have happened. There should have been a better consequences because it's un-Australian for starters. You just you yeah. just don't fake it. You know, if you're gonna you're gonna get hit, you get hit, and you you know, and so beat. But you don't, you don't, you don't fake a little tap. Look, he made an apology. It seemed heartfelt. He is embarrassed by it. His clubs come out and said he, you know, he was spoken to, um, and it wasn't a great look. We saw Kilkenny take a bit of a dive mm. earlier in the year as well, and he, uh, you know, got off any punishment. So, is it, is it fair that he avoided any punishment whatsoever? And if it's not fair, what should he have gotten? Well. The fact that it was such a bad dive probably proves the point that he actually has said that he's never done it before. It's not something that he does. <laughs> he's not known for it. And I think the acting performance showed how bad he is at That's it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, it, but it's, it's pretty hum- humiliating for him because it, not only did he go down during play when the ball's in oh. his back third, yep. they actually scored from it. Yeah. And I think he's got to live not only with the dive and how bad that looked and if, Let's face it, it's even done the rounds on mainstream media. Everyone's talking about it. And for such a, a, a guy that's so loved, does so much great work in the Indigenous community, and he's such a great ambassador for uh, Brisbane football or Queensland football, uh, I can understand why he's so embarrassed about it. But his team copped a goal too when they could have maybe hung on and won that game. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's a bit of a double whammy for him. He's got to live with it. Uh, but... You know, understand on a technicality why the FFA couldn't do anything sort of post-match. Because he wasn't sent off. Yeah, I don't know. There's some technicality. He, he wasn't given a yellow card. Yeah, but there's no technic- some technicality. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Yeah, but the, the problem with that is that how are you ever going to stamp it out mm. if, you know, you don't, you don't pick it up at the time? Of course, the match review panel should be given license to have a look at it. And that's when they go to town on someone. Now... I know he apologised, which is great. But if you want to stamp this out in Australia, four weeks. Four weeks. Four weeks. Break the FIFA rules. Break the technicality. Forget about it. Four weeks. Lovely guy. Apology and everything. Um, you if get he doesn't less apolo- no, I'm, I'm, for a studs-up tackle. Yeah, but you want to get rid of this? Everyone, everyone agrees. Does everyone agree here oh, that it's a blight on the game? Unsavory. You, really, you, <laughs> well, want, to, I mean, you want to stamp it out? You've got to punish the players yeah. and show them that if they do that, um, especially someone like Jade North who... Clearly, you know, just you know, was wanting to get Fornaroli into trouble. I mean, that was just pure uh, ulterior motive. Um, I just think you got to punish them hard. Look, I agree with the the punishment. It, look, there's a couple of things. You agree with it's, four weeks? It's not a problem in Australian football. It's not. It 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 really happens. But it can creep in. It can creep in. So a consequence is well, important. Twice this year now, let's, Warren. Let's not vilify Jade North. He made an error. Moved on. There's a couple of things. That I liked. I liked the fact that the referee didn't stop the game. Yep. I liked the fact that as much as there is this obsession around putting the ball out when a player goes to ground, I actually liked the fact that Luke Bratton didn't stop play and continued to play and that the referee allowed it to happen. In in anything in 
ultimate terms, the greatest punishment that Jade North suffered was the fact that he cost his mm. team a goal. But do you reckon the referee recognised that he took a dive? Yeah, I do. Well, because he, he stood give him a yellow to, card then. I, I'm not sure. Because he should have been given a yellow card. See, this is the thing. Like, we're not punishing the act. And I know he's a good guy. Everyone's come out and said it's uncharacteristic, all this sort of stuff. He's apologised. It was heartfelt, which is great. But you've got to punish someone because ultimately uh, the next guy will come out and say sorry and everything. Forget about the legislation that's out there that's preventing you from doing it. Forget about that. For the good of the game, punish these guys uh, post-match. And then And then uh, you'll see it won't creep into Australian game because it's not prominent. I think... Uh Probably one of the things possibly in his favour was the fact that Fornaroli also hit him and must have made a little bit of contact. Hit him? No. <laughs> you swung at him. You swung oh at him. It was intense. I just touched your Doesn't matter. Hey, See, don't, that's don't assault. Don't mic, touch yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I just went off mic to, there was to gest- slap him. It wasn't like Rivaldo where the ball hit him on the knees and then he, he feigned that he got copped one in the face. You know so, what I mean? So, Vinny, you think Bruno Fornaroli should have been I think Fornaroli slated. was also... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thought, well, no. Fornaroli played his part. I think Jade North... Failed in the fact that he lost his cool because, and and he let Fornaroli get to him, and then he he wanted to get Fornaroli sent off. But I think Fornaroli also. Um, you he, are kidding me. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. Mark Rudin had the best point of view here. Forget about the dive. Why did after that fifty-fifty challenge, which wasn't a dirty challenge, why did Jade North forget about the ball completely and go and stand over Fornaroli that prompted the whole? Yep. I mean. That was totally responsibility. That's the thing that he did wrong from a club and the captain's point of view. And so uh, Mark Rudin raised that. No one's talking about that part of it. They're just talking about the dive. But yeah. for him to walk away from the, the way the, the game was being played at that time, in his back heart, back third in the Punali area, um, I just think uh, that you know, that's where he's lost his head completely. And apparently they're going to deal with it internally, but I think we should have dealt with it externally too. Well, on the back of... All of that, and um, and we'll get into this in a minute. But on the back of all that, we'll talk about the animosity between oh, yeah. Melbourne City and, um, yeah. of course, Brisbane Raw. But let's go to Marcus, who's called in from South Melbourne on nine four two nine eleven sixteen. G'day, Marcus, and welcome to the Wednesday night edition of the Four Diego's. How are we, Four Diego's? And all the listeners, everyone, well, Rodriguez McGregor here. Yes, of in. course, Rodriguez. How's it going? Uh, shall we uh, start on diving or Bournemouth? No, we'll start on diving. We've we'll just been talking about We're not going uh, to diving, Bournemouth. Diving, but, um, we're not going to Bournemouth, Marcus. And then we'll decide whether we can go to um, no, time permitting, go to Bournemouth. No, we're not going there. <laughs> uh, we, well, that's a bit unfair because a friend of Moira and I's from Bournemouth, Amir Saglati, who now lives in North London, became the British light welterweight champion on Sunday. Go. Morning. Okay. Very good. Saturday Beautiful night. place, Bournemouth, Marcus. You're not getting an argument yeah. from me. Just not a great play to play, place to play football. And I was talking about it on SEN, this very radio station with the uh, gentleman on the overnight crowd, and I was saying, hey, Amir's just won the title. Amir's just won the title, and they're going born. And we're discussing how, you know, Tony Hancock's from there. If you want some music, Max Bygraves is from Bournemouth. Very good. That's some really dull music. Fantastic. So, so Marcus, what what do you think about um, the Uh, dive? Diving. If you're going to dive, do it like Jurgen Klinsmann. Okay. (laughs) Give a guarantee that you're going to score a goal every other match, two goals every three matches, something like he did in his magnificent career. 
play in a World Cup winning team and all this sort of stuff and then dive and then use the dive as Jürgen Klinsmann did so cleverly at Tottenham <laughs> just as an embellishment after the goal. Yeah, he was actually a blatant diver, uh, Jürgen, but I think in those days they used to tolerate it more than what they do now. I there were think... dive credits, were there, Carlos? Yeah, in those days there, like if you, if you played well and you're a bit of a star, you, you sort of got away with the dive. Uh, but these days, you're just not. There, there's so much scrutiny on it. Even John uh, Aloisi and the Brisbane crew were talking about it prior uh, to the game in the week leading up to it. So I just think there's so much scrutiny on it that uh, players are going to be found out. It doesn't matter how good you are. Hey, thanks for your call there, Marcus. Really appreciate that. Hey, let's get on to the other topic of Raw versus City. It's a hate fest, Vinny Venezuela. Yes, it's a hate I mean, fest. It's, you know, we, we talk about hate respect. Is, is, it, is it manufactured, though, guys? Uh, let's, let's rule well, that out first. Is well, it manufactured? It was manufactured. And now it's become real, Carlos. I mean, people think that our hatred of each other is manufactured. <laughs> and I would have agreed with them for a while. But yeah, it, like Van, uh, John Van Skip and John Aloisi, it's, it's not real the longer my point. you pretend to hate each other... <laughs> from my angle, it's not... Uh, well, you know, it, the longer it's, it's you not, pretend... It's not real from my angle. Look, there must, have been a, there, there must be animosity because, you know... Why? Why? Well, There's no reason all, for animosity. John Aloisi gets sacked. Oh, yeah, but okay. he, he, you can't call win- someone a sookie baby and, uh, and expect them not to be upset. What he's he, he's getting angry for being sacked a lot later than what everyone's but expecting. But then it was the sacked. anti-football comment the first time they met. But that's up purely in that's purely to get under the skin of uh, Van Skip. And then and the John said it's been too long, three times now, Carlos. It's too much. He's crying like a baby. Well. Van Skip now runs his own press conferences now. He just asks and answers his own questions. It makes me a little bit uncomfortable because John Skip seems to be a a man who likes to be in control. He he lost it on the weekend. I mean, he actually, I've never seen him like that. And I think, you know, he, what I, what I did like about his retorts were that he was defending his players. I like that aspect of it, but I think, but do you really need to do that? No, no, you don't. That was going to be my next Mm. point. You actually, um, he, he took it hook, line, and sinker, yeah, and took it to another level. And I think, um, look, I think the Eloise boys were probably having a, a quiet chuckle later on. I don't know. I think they, 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 probably they got were. him. They hooked him. Yep. And they'd been throwing the bait out for a while, and they and they actually hooked him. It, and then I was there at the game. Unlike, and I will say this just as an aside. Unlike a lot of Melbourne City fans that turned up to the FFA Cup final and didn't front up again on a beautiful Saturday night, pathetic. It was and poor form, and I worry. I worry. But another thing, you were you were absolutely entranced by the movement. It was like Battleship, you know. <laughs> they put their destroyer in one place, and John Van Skip was. They were they were flirting around each other and just trying to pretend that they weren't going to, and then they, they came, came together, together for a brief a brief conversation a brief. You know, it's, yeah. it's it's Mourinho v Wenger, <laughs> yes. and it, it, and you just know that Mourinho gets under Wenger's skin, but, and and, that's, but, and JVS for some reason yeah. has has uh, look for me if there's a real reason to get angry or to retort the way Van Skip has, you you go ahead and do it. But really, the first thing, like you said, Eloisi got sacked after 18 games. Some say should have got sacked after eight games. So he actually got given more time. Than what uh, the what you know people expected. Number one, so they looked after him, and they had to sack him in the end, right? So there's no reason for Aloisi to get angry about that. The whole anti-football 
comment. They they weren't playing anti football. No, they weren't. So why get upset about that? Because he was just me- that was just made up. That was, was. a Donald Trump. I think it's uh, the comment. I think he's Tweet. defending his players and his and, and his, his style. He's defending his style. Yeah, but, when, but really, he's if you if you're not playing anti football and you're not really playing poor a poor style of football, why would you listen to someone who's saying you are? Yeah, no. I mean, you've got to be you got to go high like Obama said. Do you, don't that's go, right. Yeah, you don't think it's on goes. No, I don't think it's manufactured, but there's no real reason for it. Yeah. It's not like someone's maimed one of their players and suddenly there's this there's this real bitterness between the team. There's no real reason for this. Are they it, are they are they now the most hated team in the competition? Melbourne City? Yeah. I think they are. You know, even Graham Arnold this weekend's yeah. already come out and said we won't be intimidated by them. We you know, we you know, we'll we'll be as just as aggressive as them. So I think they are the hate most what's hated team. What's the overriding what's your overriding sentiment around whether they are a dirty, whether they are a physical and dirty team. You know that's a very good question, which we'll we'll um, analyse after the break. But let's go to Scott in Craigieburn, who's called in and wants to you know talk a bit more about the Jade North and uh, Bruno Fornaroli tete a tete. G'day, uh, Scott, and welcome to the show. Yeah, 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 we're all good, and so is Warren. Yeah, before I get on to that, geez, there's nothing worse, nothing more frustrating than sitting up on a Sunday night watching a bloody with the scoreboard up on the screen. Yes. Sticking over. Yeah, um, you're right. I'll tell you, I want to kick the TV. In well, I, di- I kicked the cat I instead. Uh, if I had a cat, I would have, mate. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you, as a Liverpool supporter, the, the, watching every weekend is frustrating, but then getting beaten by that lot is just even more frustrating. We'll, we'll be okay, though. That's the only saving grace. We'll be okay. Uh, I think Matip was a huge loss. Don't worry about Coutinho. Of course, you know, he's going to... All good for there. Our defence is just woeful at the moment. I think that was just due to um, having Joel out. Just yep, help. I agree. But the, the, the most frustrating thing in the A-League at the moment is the refereeing. And, you know, they're going to get calls wrong and the rest of it. There's nothing worse. That fauna roll he drives me up the wall. If you noticed a few weeks ago when he'd done a challenge on Georgeski, Georgeski went down, hurt, hurt, hurt um, like the back of his Achilles, and he stands over him and he points in his face. But the referee's going to take charge, walk over and give him a yellow card because it's unsportsmanlike conduct. The only way that should happen ever is if a guy dies in the penalty box and the guy stands over him and says, you know, you got your own there, pal. The, the referee didn't give it in your face. But when a player goes down injured or you know has a slight knock, there's nothing worse than standing over, pointing at him and having a go. And Jade North did it to Fornaroli this time. And I... It drives me nuts, I tell you. And the referees, they're just going to grow some balls and give me a yellow card and it'll stop. It's just it's hard to watch. There's nothing more frustrating from a fan than watching that go on. And Fornaroli, he's the best at it. He's only got four times this year so far. He gets way too aggressive. Yeah, I think um, you become you become conditioned to what you get. And... and I would I would agree with you. Fornaroli's been guilty of standing over players in, after challenges, but he's getting it just the same the other way. I will say in all of this, okay, if coaches come out and make comments about opposition players with regards to behaviour or conduct or stuff that they're doing with a view of having the referees target or focus them, I actually think that's the wrong thing to do. As much as... You know the John Aloisi and, and John Van Skip thing. I think yeah, it's not it. bad. But you love it. You though. love it. But Aloisi's comments around Fauna Roly grabbing defenders and whatever. And who's to say 
that what Aloisi has said off the field about Fornaroli hasn't contributed to Jade North's behaviour on the field. Absolutely. And that's I where... Yeah, but, but, you know, do you want robots or not? I mean, if you want to no, you coach don't. us for robots... I actually, as much as it's unsavoury and unseemly what we saw in the lead-up to the game and on the weekend, I kind of liked it. And it means... And as Harry Kuehl said, and I know we're going to get on Harry Kuehl later on the show, but he even said he took notice of that and realised there's real passion in this competition. When people are going at each other like that, and the players are backing their coaches, by the way. And the coaches led the way during the week, pre-game, but then the players backed their coaches. Mm. I think uh, I think that shows me there's real passion, and they want to be here, and they want to win. And I, and I kind of like that. I mean, I... It's trash talk, and it's you know, it's it's what uh, boxers do before big big fights, and it gets you know, it gets people titillated. But I, I'm forever always surprised that it it drags people in. I think that professionals should really play their own game, and they probably don't pay that much attention to the opposition and what's been said in the media. But I could be wrong because obviously it did mm. play a part. Oh, this is it's sensational stuff, you know. People people love this. I must admit, I enjoyed it a bit too, I've got to say. Hey, thanks for your call, Scott. Hey, let's take a break now and come back with more of the Q&A on the Four Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. White Hart Lane is a great place. The only thing wrong is that the seats face the pitch. This has been a sad coaching moment by the Four Diegos. Thanks for joining us tonight on a Wednesday night. Mike McGrath coming up a little bit later on. We've been talking about uh, Raw versus City, the Jade North dive. Had uh, plenty of calls as well. Thanks for that. 94291116. If you want to get in on the action, give us a call. Or 0433981116. And the Twitter, Carlos. Yes, the Twitter is uh, at 4 Diego's, And uh, I'll let Vinny talk about the Twitter in a moment. Uh, just one thing. I didn't actually mention this to you, Rodrigo. But the Diego's for the last four or five weeks have decided to... Uh, Delve deep into our little filing cabinet of uh, all the audio we've done over the last 23 years. We have. We found some really interesting, you know, flashback type interviews. And uh, on the weekend, we posted one with Paul Trimboli when he was captain of the South Melbourne when they went to the World Club Championship in 2000 and they played Vasco de Gama, uh, Manchester United and Texas over there. And, uh, and we've got Paul after the first game, after they played Romario and Edmundo. Have a listen to it. Just go to our Facebook page, uh, Facebook uh, at 4 Diego's, and, uh, and have a listen to it there. And we've got also some great ones back in 96 with Mark Bosnich and we've got one with David Hill when he offers, offered us a Socceroo job. And, <laughs> and uh, we've got a few more coming. Coming up, and we've got one every week. So, uh, if you're interested in what people were talking about, nostalgia. Yeah, it's not actually reflecting back; they're actually talking about issues at the time, which yeah. is really interesting uh, about the problems with football back in the '90s and so forth. We happen to have those interviews, so have a listen to it, and uh, and I think you might enjoy it. And if you want to, and we often talk about ugly, ugly football. If you want to see two ugly men in in two beautiful <laughs> football strips, go to our Twitter feed right now. I've just posted the photo of both yes. Warren and Carlos. You know the one thing that's common about most of the great interviews that the Diegos have done? I've actually been involved in them. <laughs> yeah, you've been there from day been one. Day yeah. one, Rodrigo. Yeah. yeah, some of these interviews predate Rodrigo Rodriguez. Absolutely. I wasn't born yet. Well, you were, but <laughs> you were just in the other studio. That's right, I was in the other studio. <laughs> that's right. Jeez, that's going back now, isn't it? Hey, uh, 94291116, we'd love to hear from you if you want to have a chat to the Diegos. Or 0433981116. I just want to go through some of these text messages here, lads. Um, 
Uh, we're talking about uh, Jade North. He should be punished by being made to sit in a room with Vinny for eight hours and listen to Adele. <laughs> that wouldn't be punishment. That would be a good time for Jade. Yeah. Look, I've travelled with Vinny and it's uh, a delightful experience. Are you Adele. an Adele man? Are no, you? I, I, no I, I know nothing of her, I know you, her I know, repertoire. I, I know you've shared some great... Michael Bublé moment. <laughs> the bubble. No, no, no. <laughs> the that was uh, that was uh, Warren with the Bublé. Yeah, yeah. right. I will not be associated with that sort of music. What was that? Well, I just said randomly, didn't yeah. I? One day, yes, yeah. oh, I, really I, like quite, the I quite like Michael Bublé. Mm. <laughs> From Vulcan here. Hey boys, on the Jade North incident, what do you say about John Eloise actually trying to defend North's actions? That I believe is a disgrace in itself. The FFA had a great opportunity mm. to make an example of this, and they failed. Look, I, you know, I, did if he defend they, him? I don't think he did. I thought that they they didn't condemn it. You know, they didn't, you know, basically rip him apart in public. <laughs> and they may have done that internally. I'm not sure because it really cost them the three points in the end. But the uh, but I didn't. I don't remember any quotes or him coming out strongly defending uh, Jade North or even Ross Aloisi. I think they both said they don't condone it. We'll deal with it internally, and that's all. That's all they you want. Did, they didn't. They didn't. Um, they weren't firm. They weren't necessarily firm. But do you rip on, your captain apart no, in public? No, no. That, that's, that's what I think yeah. the point is. Jade had a good good game up until that, that brain explosion, I think. Mm. Hey, but here's one from Bob. 23 years on air. How old are you, grandpas? <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're 20, tw- yeah, 25, just, just, gone, just gone 32. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We started, yeah. we started we quite two. early, yeah. <laughs> yes, thanks for that. Hey, the Man City uh, group coaches were on Angry Pills last weekend. Pep was out of control too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Pep, Pep went apoplectic or whatever. Apoplectic. The other thing too I noticed in the analysis... <laughs> Uh, talking Carlos Lab right now in the analysis oh, of the oh, Manchester City go. game. Can, versus, town, can it, we put the music yeah. on? Yeah, no, is I went there to music a, no, for this? the town hall meeting this last week. Where was been, it this week? Baronia, Baronia yeah. <laughs> town hall media. We talk fantastic football, and uh, apparently this is a team uh, that's been sprouted there. Baronia Munch and Gladback. Hey, <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. By the way, if we're going to do Carlos's Lab, can we have the mm. um, the music from um, Breaking Bad? Okay, I think, I think fantastic. That would work with you, uh, Carl. He's onto it, don't worry. Okay, the Breaking Bad music, just as I'm talking about the the, the Manchester City's Chelsea game mm-hmm. was uh, was being talked about, the whole tactic and stuff. Now we're talking about, and tell me where, you, where you've heard this before, the players trying to adjust from a back four to a back three and then a back four during the game. Where have you heard that one before? Well, John Bench Kip yeah, does absolutely. a bit of that. So, and guess what? I just reckon they're passing the playbook from Man City <laughs> John they're Van Skip it. is running Man City's playbook. Yeah, and they're mailing it to John. There we go. I'm Mr. White. <laughs> okay. You're Walt. You're Walter White. I've never seen an episode. Absolutely. So uh, they were talking about this, the players having to adjust, because, of course, they, they felt they were a bit un, uh, you know, unlucky against Chelsea, and they got a couple of breakaway goals, and they, um, and they you know, uh, Guardiola was talking about not adjusting to that floating back three to back four. I'm thinking, oh, Van Skip plays that too. Because their eight-game, eight or nine-game winning streak now, Chelsea's happened from the time that he's gone from a back four to a back three with Mm. the two wing-backs. I I don't know. I'm I'm sorry to enter into your realm of expertise, Carlos. (laughs) You've just uh, walked into the lab. You've just walked into the lab. You're Jesse. (laughs) Unless you're a good cook, don't come into the lab. Okay. Hey, um, look, oh, right on time there. Thank you very much there, Carlos, um, on the panel. Hey, uh, look, we've talked, I think we've talked about Raw versus City and, um, and obviously Jade North and um, Bruno Fornaroli a bit, but uh, I think we should acknowledge Ernie Merrick. He's, uh, 
He's obviously he's resigned from Wellington Phoenix. He's he's left the club. Fallen on his sword. He's fallen on his sword, so to speak. And um, I think it's a obviously he's been a successful coach here in, in Melbourne with Melbourne Victory, and um, he's a good man earning merit. Where, where do you think he'll end up, Carlos? I think you know him. Um, yeah. Look, I, firstly, can I just say he's never been one. He's always sort of when the team's not played well or when there's a bit of criticism, he's sort of been a bit defensive about that. He's always turned around and said, well, it's not been that. We've, we've been better than what you think we've been and whatever. But I was really impressed by the fact that he took full responsibility. It's not that he's stepped down before, to my knowledge, when things haven't gone well. And, uh, you know, I just thought it was just a really admirable the way he said, look, I've got a really great squad. We've really recruited really well. We've spent a lot of money and I'm just not coaching well. So I'm going to step down. Someone else will come in. Hopefully they'll do better than me. That's just very un Ernie Merrick like. So good on him. All credit to him for doing that. Yeah, no, I think for recognising that. He's and, left with a bit of dignity. But I think that that might be the end of his coaching. Right. Yeah, that's, I think that's yeah. where I was going. So, but, but, but he may. In, but I think he'd be fantastic working for the FFA, mentoring up and coming coaches. Yeah. He's, he's a teacher. Yeah. He's an educator. He's worked with young kids before. I think he can work with young and coaches I don't, too. I don't know. Maybe as we go into the next realm of coaching, and who knows where. Wellington will go, but you would imagine that the next group of coaches that come through, you know, on the back of Paul O'Con and and that will be, you know, the Mark Rudens of the world and that sort of stuff. So he might get a, he might be prepared to take on like a assistant job and just mentor that sort of stuff. Look, they put all their eggs in one basket this year, didn't they? They went after Barbarousas, they went after Finkler, they got their players that they wanted and it was really, I think, boom or bust. Ernie had to had to produce results and he didn't. And there's a whole lot of stuff that goes behind that, isn't it? With them not knowing whether they had long-term in the competition. What's the that future sort of, of Wellington really? Good mm. question. That's, that's actually know, a bigger I mean, question. From a, I would love to speak to a, a television exec who might be flirting with the rights right now and ask him what is the attraction of having a Wellington Phoenix in this competition. They might be talk, They might say we've got, technically if they start winning and doing well they've got the whole of the New Zealand market but New Zealand is not a football country it's a rugby country and it's a it's a it's, it's a dominating sport over there rugby and football's only an afterthought so I, I, re- I, I just don't get why they're in this competition. Uh, I know I've bagged them over the years but I know they're trying hard now but I don't get why they're in the A-League. They are the Melbourne City of the East. <laughs> you mean uh, Melbourne Heart? Well, yes. yes, in the in the sense that mm. they they should be capturing and they you know they should be capturing a market, and it's not going to plan, and I don't know why no. it's not going to plan. So well done to Ernie Merrick. I just wanted to acknowledge the fact that he's uh, he's fallen on his sword, and um, I'm sure he'll end up somewhere. And I think your your call, Carlos, was a very good one. He is a he's an educator, so yeah, he's a um, good guy. Yeah, and a very good guy. Hey, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call if you want to have a chat to the Diego's. Brad in Caroline Springs has got an interesting topic. To talk about. G'day, Brad, and welcome to the Four Diego's. G'day, guys. First hey. time I've, I've called you a lot. I've, I've called SEN a fair few times, but first well, time I've spoken to you. Welcome. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to say I know nothing about soccer or football, as you call it, at all. Welcome to the club. <laughs> steady, steady. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Except for Carlos in the lab. We don't know much either. Mm. I listen to SEN and, and I, I love the station and you know and I listen to you guys you know when you when you guys are on. But one thing I've got a little bit of constructive criticism if I may. When Please. I, I hear you guys 
I hear from lots of negative vibe coming from the way things are going. You know, when you talk about a game being played, you always think to, you know, get the negative aspect out of each game. You know, everything, other state, um, segments that I listen to, there's always a little bit of a positive vibe. You know, I, I love listening to you guys because, you know, the, the, the job between you is pretty good. But I find it really, yeah, baffling that you guys go that far? I'm not sure. Okay, Brad, we'll take that on board. But I, uh, I think we've been uh, effusive about stuff at different times when someone's played well or a team's played well. And I know there's a lot of argument, by the way, uh, uh, differing opinions on the on the show. Uh, we try and address all the hot topics that are out there, and uh, and we don't want to. We don't want to treat our listeners with contempt saying everything's fantastic all the time when there are talking points that sometimes you have a negative negative slant to. So, yeah, we uh, we just deliver the way we wanted to deliver. And I'm, I think I think we're pretty passionate and we sort of love the game. I'm, yeah. No. Yeah. But that, I'll take that on board. But uh, I'm not sure whether we're more negative than positive or I've, whatever. But we just talk football. A bit of sarcasm um, we, we do use from time to time. But... Uh, but I think I think it's a bit of fun. Thanks for yeah. your call, Brad. Yeah, I blame Carlos for most of the negativity. No, I don't. And I, look, I think you talk I hot think topics. We're genuinely passionate about all components of the game. Now you can either go one one or two ways with this. You can be you can be naively positive about everything. You can be and, a cheerleader if you want. Yeah. So mm. yeah, no worries. I'm no, in a room with Adele as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're not with a, Jade. And Jade, we're not, we're not it's an all over. good. Hello. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're not an overly inward-looking uh, lot, but yeah. um, hey, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Um, give us a call if you want to talk about anything on the game. Mm. Hey, um, we just congratulated Ernie Merrick on a on a fantastic Vial job. Ernie Merrick, uh, yeah. for his coaching well, career. He's, he's not dead yet. No, but, but um, his coaching <laughs> his coaching career is dead. Oh, there you go. It's well, dead. Not necessarily. Oh, it's gone. It's over. Hey, because you've said you've yeah, said it is. so. Yeah, I just want to say congratulations to uh, the PFA award winners. Yes. Um, Harry Kuehl, who won the Alex Tobin oh, uh, medal. He's Great the Alex man. Tobin medalist. Mm. Aaron Moy was nominated as the PFA Footballer of the Year. Lydia Williams uh, was the PFA Women's Footballer of the Year. And Jamie McLaren won the Harry Kuehl medal. Isn't it nice to be there and award you, give your own medal to a good young gun? So, <laughs> yeah. hey, congratulations. And what about Harry Kuehl? You know, he's been interviewed a bit recently. and um, He's doing you know, a he's lot got more some media seri- and a lot better. He has. Rodrigo. He's got some serious coaching, coaching aspirations. Did you hear his football dream was to coach Liverpool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, look, it's everyone's he's, dream, he's really. He's at Watford under-21s uh, at the moment. I'm not sure how well he's going. Uh, but, look, you know, he may have it to coach. Who knows? I mean, great players don't always make great coaches. And he was a fantastic player, just a, a sublimely skilled, instinctive type of uh, talent. And uh, But whether that can translate into really breaking the game down and mentoring players who weren't as good as you, because a lot of players he's going to coach weren't as good as he was, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes with it. Carlos, uh, Pep Guardiola, was he a great player? Absolutely. He was a great player. Absolutely, playing for Barcelona. Contradicts what you just said, but yeah. No, 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 no I'm just yeah, saying. There's been a lot you know, of good players. Yeah, no, you're right. There's been no, a no, lot I'm of good being. players who haven't Conte's become good, good coaches. Yeah, no, but you mentioned two. Vialli <laughs> was a good player. <laughs> yeah, Three. Right, there you oh, go. That's all I got. Well, Vialli wasn't a good coach. <laughs> he was all right. No, he wasn't. Jürgen Klopp wasn't a great player, but he's great yeah, coach. That's the other way. I mean, I, I tend to subscribe to... 
the players who weren't so fantastic have gone on to be great play, uh, mm. great coaches. Sir Alex Ferguson was just a good professional. Yeah. Arsene Wenger's another one. He Mourinho. Was just a, Mourinho was just a. You know, I think he was just an interpreter, wasn't he, for a little while? He played the, He played in the lower <laughs> yeah. leagues of uh, of in Portugal, um, and he wasn't such a great player. But so I think some of the great great co- Arrigo Saki's another one uh, who coached the great AC Milan sides in the eighties. Uh, he wasn't a great player, so uh, I I find. Diego I, Maradona? <laughs> well, again, Diego Maradona is a, a great player who never became a great coach. The one that stands out as being a great player who won things, but whether he's a great coach, who knows. Uh, Franz Beckenbauer was one. Pushkas? Uh, no, never never Didn't really. I mean, he may have done okay as a coach, but he, he wasn't regarded as a great coach. He sort of took over teams that, that were okay. So it'd be great to get the, the stats on this, but I think there's more of those guys who had to work very hard to become a a good player, they, they tend to be the great coaches. I Z- think. Zidane's on the path? Absolutely. Could He's be. won. He's won. And the great thing about Zidane, I read something uh, during the week about this, where Cristiano Ronaldo is probably one guy in the world who can coach Cristiano Ronaldo where he'd listen to him. And that's Zidane, because mm. Zidane was probably a better player than Ronaldo. And Ronaldo recognises that, and that's why he'll listen. And, and he's doing really well. And by the way, Zidane's even got his son sort of knocking on the door for the seniors over there in Real Madrid too. So he's got the respect of everyone, and they're winning. They're doing well. Hey, let's take raise. We go to the break. Uh, Peter and Cheltenham, Merrick to the Jets in the not-too-distant future. That's Peter and Cheltenham. Maybe, Thank you maybe. very much there, It Pete. might work well for him. Hey, let's take a break now. Come back with Mike McGrath on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. The Tranmere Rovers Football Club logo has its origins set over 100 years ago when the club was born out of the coming together of a local cricket and football club. The logo, a shield courted, possesses four emblems intersected by a football and a shepherd's staff. Why the staff? Well, Tranmere's old ground Steel's field used to be a farmer's field. Horseshoes on either side of the football and a tree continue the rural theme. And the picture of the sun has its origins in the club's Latin motto. Ubi fidi ibi lux erubere. Loosely translated, where there is faith, there is light and strength. This has been a useless trivia moment by the Four Diego's. Welcome to the Four Diego's here on a Wednesday night. Really appreciate your company. Hey, had your calls tonight too. Thank you for that. Um, just off the text messages here, till, still trying to get Mike McGrath as we advertised. I'm uh, going to be Mike about, tonight. Yeah, apparently. you can be Mike, but yep. just uh, hold on to your uh, your hat there, Warren. Ha 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 ha! That's a, a laugh. Uh, <laughs> Zidane better than Ronaldo. I've heard it all. Carlos, you, you said that, is and, that and no, so, one, no it, one disagreed is, with is, you necessarily. Is that, yeah, is that something that's completely out of left field, really? Are we talking about Zinedine Zidane, won a World Cup for France in 1998, best player in the world many, many years uh, in a row, scores goals, play, one of the best players for Juventus of all time. Uh, wherever he's gone, he's been one of the best ever. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo scored a heap of goals, more than a goal a game for Real Madrid over many, many years, but has not produced that at international level for Portugal. And, uh, and also, uh, uh, he's done it in two countries. So he's done it in, uh, in at Manchester United in the UK, and he's also done it uh, in, in, um, Spain, in Spain, Spain. But he didn't do it in Italy when the Italian league was the best in the world. I mean, when Zidane was doing stuff, he did it in the best in the world. So I'm happy to challenge that guy, whoever that is. Uh, is it so unheard of that Zidane is better? Do I think Zidane was better than Ronaldo? You've made some big calls. Is that calls so unheard of? I'm not talking about Bruno Fornaroli being better than 
Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> I'd see, I'm talking the, the same sentence. Zidane Zidane. In the same sentence. In the top, for me, top five, six players of all time. That you've seen. Yeah. yeah or all time. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I can't comment well, you you know, do. before I was born. Yeah. You know, I didn't see much of Pele, to tell you the truth. So I always say Maradona was better than Pele, but I didn't see enough of Pele to really be an authority of that. So it's very subjective, Carlos. Yeah. Um, just quickly, Pushkas was a great manager at my club, uh, Panathinaikos. Uh, that's Pete in Cheltenham. Yeah, look, the thing about Pushkas is he has been successful as a manager at different places. But if you speak to players who were coached at my town hall meetings, if you speak <laughs> to one of this, who are you speaking to? This players? was in South Melbourne, well, wasn't it? Did, name he names. Did, he did actually, they won't name names, but he did actually have a stint here at South Melbourne. And uh, the, as much as the players and supporters loved him, and he was like a you know, big, God. you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, an uncle that you loved. Uh, he really didn't exude a lot of coaching ability, but the team did still do well. And those players out there, well, those people out there who know players who played under him at Southfield, they'll say the love they had for him, the respect, but they won't necessarily talk about his coaching. Uh, you know, how good he was as a as a manager or a coach. Interesting stuff. We can't get Mike McGrath, unfortunately. Yeah. But, uh, Warren, you be Mike tonight. Or this is your segment. What, what's uh, getting you excited or is worrying I'll, you in the English Premier League? Well, I'm clearly worried by Liverpool giving up three goals in the last oh. 15 minutes against Bournemouth. But I think it's a bit of a glitch. They've got a few players out. Matip was a big loss defensively. Two clean sheets. So don't, I'm not, don't worry about not worried. who's in or out because uh, the clubs above them, Mm. Are having their hiccups. Yeah, along yeah, the no, road. that's that's fair. And they haven't had a hadn't had that many hiccups. I think Burnley was there otherwise. Yeah, well, they've only so lost two games okay. of the season. So, look, we are getting within the two week window of Christmas where we start looking at the ladder. And I think there's a couple of things for me. First of all, there's no doubt that at the top, it's going to be maybe who slips up the least that actually could win the title, except for the run Chelsea have had. Now, Conti's come in, and I don't. Look, I'll be fair to say, put up my hand, didn't know much about him, coached Italy, improved them, but in in the World Cup they were so-so, they didn't do a fantastic job. He was appointed as Chelsea manager before he went to the World Cup with Italy and started really well, but then had a really a flat spot. They lost three or four games in a row, changed the system. But for me, the thing that's most amazing is the improvement that he's got out of Costa out of Hazard, out of a guy like Victor Moses, who was farmed out to every club known to mankind when he was there under Mourinho. And, and well, you know, Diego Costa was was want away yep. in the preseason. Like he was looking to get back to and Spain, they, and Conte's not only turned him around but made him hungry again. He's got to be the toughest striker to play. It's, he'd be a thorn in the side of any oh, centre half, physical, because he's just aggressive, angry, yeah. aggressive. He wouldn't let you settle at all as a centre half. Yep. and he's dynamite. He, he was wonderful on the weekend against. Uh, oh, they against were. Man they City. were. That was, that was a great game. Yeah, Sorry, it, was it was a great game. game. And if if De Bruyne actually scores that goal in about the 62nd minute that would have made Manchester City 2-1 up. And it was an open goal. The game probably different. But they were brutal. They were brutally efficient counter-attack-wise, Chelsea. It was absolutely a, it was brutal. A, Italian football-like, which, of course, Conti you know, yes. is a master of. <laughs> yep. Absorbing that pressure and breaking in deadly fashion. Yeah, so the fight at the top's going to be really interesting because I, I think there's, you know, there's a, there's a, it's a paper-thin margin between... Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City, and, Pro and Arsenal do too, definitely. But the other end, Carlos, the 
the Leicester City situation. That doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise, it does, you. Doesn't surprise me. But there's been an overriding sense that they'll be okay, you know. But the one thing that's happened in this midst of being okay is suddenly at King Power Stadium, teams top, bottom, middle are coming there and beating them. They're making mistakes that they've never made. Now, they're two well, points on, above not, relegation. Hang on, wait, hang on. You're making it sound like they are... Real Madrid or Barcelona. No, no, they had no. one good year, one year that they'll never have again. Could they be relegated? Yeah, why not? It's a, it's we're going back to Leicester City of twenty four months ago. That's all we're doing. Uh, this is last year was a freak year. It was the top teams played poorly and they played out of their skin. It's never going to happen again. It's not surprising it's happening, guys. It's very interesting to see how they go in the Champions League amidst all of this. Hey, thanks to our fantastic sponsors, Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing, and the Northern Football Academy at St. Monica's College in Epping. Great Diego's partners. That's it for this week's show, boys. Thanks for your calls. Thanks for your text messages. Hey, uh, coming up after Diego, it's um, all-night appetite, as they used to call it, but it's the overnight crowd. Remember, Carlos? We're the Puerto Rican girls. Hang out. We'll be there. If you Samba, Rumba and La Bamba, we'll be there. There are girls with fruit on their head and balls at their face. We'll be there. Wherever the gringos play football, we'll be there. We are the Four Diego. Olé! Olé!